How's it going, everybody? Tom from The Complete Dad here with The Complete Dad Podcast with my friend Joshua Laycock. Joshua, dare I ask, how are you doing today? I am doing marvelous as always, my brother. I am good, man. It's a bit chaotic here uh, in uh, the region that I live in. The schools have been on strike for a couple days. So my kids are home running around a little chaotic my wife has decided to renovate her office right next to mine so sorry if it gets a bit loud but uh overall man feeling good just got back from jujitsu got lots of energy i'm good how are you chaos is the name of the game right with multiple kids syndrome if it's not crazy it's boring i guess i could use it i like boring <laughs> i just yeah. haven't had it in a long time <laughs> so saying. I'm, it's quite, isn't that so funny? It's like, I remember like when I was younger, like I'm like, oh, like I want to always have excitement. And now it's like kind of the opposite way around. It's like, oh, where can I, when can I have a little bit of boredom? <laughs> oh, see, like, and I, and my siblings hate this, but I grew up as an only child, right? Like I, I didn't live with my siblings. So I grew up in an only, so I'm good with quiet and calm. So it's actually been both my wife and I have like our biggest challenge parenting, maybe not our single biggest, but one of the major sort of consistent themes for us is, just the constant noise we're so like we are actually quite quiet people and uh so that's one of our biggest challenges but yeah kind of get used to it and actually they're being incredible given that they've just sort of been left to their own devices for a couple days because the teachers didn't have a chance to to get them ready properly for working from home for a few days so anyway it's all good but rumor has it uh they're going back tomorrow so perfect why they're not at school that is a strike some of the oh, support yeah, staff said, yeah. and okay, stuff going yeah. on. And, and I, I stay the hell out of that politics. Like everyone's got an opinion on it. Even just coming back from the gym, all the guys are talking about it because all their kids are at home and stuff. And, and, and I have no idea. I have, I've had experiences that are awesome with unions and I've had absolutely atrocious experiences with unions as a worker. I have no idea what's going on. I'm sure someone's getting hosed somewhere, but um, you know, like, Here's the deal. And I know this is kind of a, a douchey thing to say, but it's like, I'm pretty privileged. We work from home. We're able to pivot, have our kids come home. It's tough on them socially, but you know, and I'm super empathetic to the people that work shift work or physically have to be somewhere that it completely upends their world. Um, so I'm not being dismissive of the whole thing, but like, for me, we both work from home. We've got the flexibility. This is one of those things that like, it's a big deal for some people. This one's just not a big deal for me. Um, mm. Moving on. You know, there's worse things. Just on a side note, it's interesting um, about that kind of issue with kids at school and kids are not. Because here you actually, when we were doing COVID and stuff, I actually really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the the quiet and the calm and not actually being with people. I kind of got used to that, being a lot more quiet and being more subdued and not going out a lot and not having people around. And even though I was from a big family when I was like small, we were four kids. So it was definitely loud a lot of the times. I still don't think that that's very healthy for us as parents. And I think that's something that I'm trying to work into kind of the fabric of the day is to have a little bit more quiet time, like have that set aside time. And I think that all of us parents have to do that for ourselves and for our kids. You know, often we think it's like kind of, selfish to go take the time alone and i think we've talked about this many times there's many things that we do like your jujitsu my gym like all these things that we do as dads it's it's not selfish time it's that like selfish unselfish thing and that's the same thing as just going and having 10 minutes and i said to my wife it's like important that we make it intentional because if it's not intentional it kind of we start to do it in little pockets here and there or try and sneak off or then we get irritable and we 
you know, neither of the partners know what's going on, where you can actually say, listen here, man, for half an hour today, you take some time for half an hour, you take some time. I think it's, I think it's very important because like you, we were talking about before the podcast and and what you wanted to dig into a little bit today on, on the back of a post that we put in the group, or mm-hmm. that you put in the group was just the way we end up dealing with our kids in, you know, a, a way that we wouldn't actually deal with other people's kids that way, which is it's kind of ironic or, or kind of doesn't make any sense, right? It's kind of like, these are our kids. Surely we should know them better and be able to actually handle them more adeptly. However, <laughs> well, and even just them, like the yeah. fact, yeah, even just the fact that they're yours, if anything, you know, the whole kids glove analogy, yeah. you'd think that would be your own. Like you think if anything, you'd be a kinder, gentler to your own, but I mean, that's not true. Right. I mean, we're hard on ourselves and that's our own mm. self. And, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a cool situation. So like, I'm, and I'm a newbie at, at jujitsu. Like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm this like, sort of like jujitsu gangster i'm just getting back into it again i just love the, the physical Post, posting on instagram with the lads i saw that that was oh cool. yeah well that was that was kind of cool but um <laughs> yeah, that was cool but anyway on saturday morning my kids were a little under the weather they had they had just the sniffles and and um you know my daughter had already gone three times that week and my son had actually gone an extra time he came in with me on friday so anyway come saturday morning they didn't really feel like going they're a little under the weather so I was like yeah all good and of course that's the day i get the uh the text from one of the instructors just saying, Hey, I'm short, shorts and bodies. You want to help teach like the little kid class. And you know me, I'm like, those, those little kids are my intellectual peers. So I'm like, absolutely <laughs> let's go. And I love that stuff. Right. I don't want to overstep as a white belt, but he invited me in. So anyway, so I went in and I was teaching these like four five, six year olds, just basic silly stuff and having so much fun. But you know, the kids were doing all of the kind of like silly little mildly annoying things that my kids do in class. And, you know, it's like the take your finger out of your nose, you know, pay attention. We're over here, you know, sit down, no, kind of be quiet. And I was just playing with them and having a whole lot of fun. But as I was leaving class, I was thinking like, man, when my kids do it, I'm like, sit down. What do you come on? Pay attention. Get your stop picking your nose. Like, it's amazing how and like, I'll be honest, like part of it, I'm sure I was I was reflecting on this is I think part of it is kind of like, oh, is this going to look bad on me? <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. like my kids being monkeys. But anyway, I just thought it was a really interesting thing that like I can have what feels like, and I'm sure it's not. And that's why I wanted your input. It's like what feels like limitless patience with these other kids, yet very little sometimes with my own. And that was kind of an interesting thing that, uh, you know, I was trying to take the lesson from everything. And that that kind of, like, man, I was pretty chill and having fun. Yet most of those classes, I'm pretty like tense watching my kids go through. Anyway, it was just an interesting observation to me. I have no idea. I mean, I have some some theories on why we do it, but um, it's kind of messed up. Mm, I mean, it'll obviously always be theories. At the end of the day, we're not going to know for sure. But as a teacher, I think it's kind of that you not assume that the kids don't know, but you kind of take it from like uh, the stance that they aren't, that they don't know any better. Do you know what I mean? And you haven't taught them. So you kind of have to teach them first, which is, which is actually how we should apply it to our own children. You know, a lot of the times there's one thing I posted about a little while ago, or I think I did a podcast with somebody else where we talked about this, where it was, you know, school don't scold because our kids, we actually haven't taught them either, but somehow we think by osmosis, they've picked up like what we expect. And even if we put it on that, on on that scale, it's like, have we really taught them well through our own example? You know what I mean? We're talking about my son and, and this forgetfulness and how, I'm forgetful as well. And have you really modeled that correctly? But have you really taught them to keep track of their things? You know, and I think that 
in, in a world of extreme ownership and being the complete dad, we want to teach our children. And I think as a teacher, I walk into the class assuming that these kids have not been taught certain things before. And therefore, I have to be patient because I know that I've got to teach them. I think you would find, and this is just you know an assumption, is that if you would spend a whole year with those kids or half a year training them, you might start relating to them in the same way as your own kids if you've told mm. them three, four times, or you've spent a lot of time with them. And then eventually that's familiarity. And you then stop caring what it looks like on you because you know them well, you know their parents well. And so then you are able to let loose. However, this year I found it's quite funny that I've been more patient with teenage kids than my primary school kids because I swapped from teaching primary school to teaching high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I just realized that getting angry doesn't work. And I think I really want to apply that to my parenting as well because although I'm improving, I'm still like you, I'm still harder on them and harder on situations and reacting in ways that when I walk away, you know, like as I talked about in that video that I posted on Instagram, it's like, what would I tell my younger self? What would I tell my younger parent self like now when my kids were born? And obviously it's a bit late now, they're 11. <laughs> and I wish I'd known that then, but what would I tell sure. myself now? And that's one of the things that I would really tell myself is number one, have you taught them these things? Have you really discussed it with them and explained to them and shown them how it's done? And I would say 95% of the time, the answer is no. Even though some of it I've taught them to in a certain extent, I've definitely not taken them to the level where I can actually expect them. And I think that's the problem. We have these expectations on our children that are not based on what we've even prepared them for. And as as Jocko and Extreme Lead Ownership says, we got to you know, it's another thing that seems to be on the whole, the shoulders of men and dads and obviously moms as well. But I think we have to take that on our shoulders and say, this is our task. And even when we've taught them, as Jocko says as well, you know, he I, I was listening to a pod post of him the other day about just getting angry and how that just that just breaks down your leadership. You think it's strong. And maybe when your kids are doing, they're afraid of you. But eventually, like with teenagers, when you lose your shit in a class with teenagers, like you've lost, you've lost yeah, the respect. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never once lost my, I don't want to say lost my temper because to me that means like uncontrolled, but like shown my anger. I've never once shown it with people that I care about and want to teach and learn. So my kids, my family, coworkers, and felt good about it afterwards. Yeah. But I, was like just, every I thought day, you were going to say, I've never done that. I was like, wow. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I've had moments like, you know, I've worked in security quite a bit that sometimes you have to flex and you have to show your anger to kind of make your point. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I could turn that on. No problem. Um, but, but even then you got to be careful, right? Cause it, it dilutes you. Like you're not thinking anymore. Yeah, you're just yeah. being irrational. The but, emotion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Raw emotion. And I think it was, I think it was Epictetus. I'm sure someone will correct me. I think it was Epictetus that talked about how no one ever learned anything through, through anger. And I actually disagree. I, I think, children learn a lot through anger but they learn to be afraid they learn to hide you know they learn to walk on eggshells they learn to see the downside of expressing emotion so yeah that, that's a constant struggle for me you lie um, and lie hmm? not tell the truth well lying and not telling yeah the yeah truth. just hide stuff right and, and it's interesting you know it's a good example you talked about walking them through it so like so going back to kind of i kind of glossed over an interesting learning opportunity was so my daughter was not feeling very good so Come Saturday morning, she had, you know, head cold, congested. And I was like, okay, you're not going to jits. You're not, you're just not well. Take the day, relax. And I'd already said to my son, like, you going? Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Going cool. Sounds good. The minute I said to my daughter, yeah, you're not well. 
you know, um, I think you should stay home. My son was like, oh, <clears throat> I'm not feeling so good either. <clears throat> Maybe I shouldn't go too. And I got quite upset with him. And what I ended up having to say to him was like, at first I was upset. And then it was kind of like, okay, here's why I'm upset. I'm upset because I feel like you were putting on a show, almost lying to get to where you want. It was like manipulative as opposed to like, Hey dad, I've already trained four four days this week. Do you mind if I have the day off? I just kind of want to chill. And I, I truly mm, think if he had said that, as long as you don't do that every week, then I'm, I'm okay with that. And, but so to your point, kind of going back and as men, we have to be comfortable. I said, look, son, I shouldn't have lost my, my temper. I shouldn't have got frustrated by that. I should have heard what you were trying to tell me as opposed to the way you were trying to tell me, right? The what, as opposed to the how, and exactly to your point, it was like, okay. So when you have that time where, you know what, you're just gassed, it's a Saturday morning, you've had a busy week and you just want to chill. I just want you to be honest with me instead of having to feel like you need to kind of back into it and, and almost make something up because you're well enough to go. And, and I'm not, I'm not strict with stuff like this. You're not feeling good. You're not feeling good, but he was fine. But I think what he was really just trying to tell me is he was just a bit gassed and needed some time. So yeah, the learning opportunities and um, definitely having the courage to go back and apologize and then work through it. And we'll see where that goes. Hmm. I think I think our kids always need I think the thing that I'm most afraid of, if I would say afraid, is just of that exact thing where, where kids start to like manipulate and lie and not tell us what's going on in their lives. We've talked about that before. I think that that's the problem is that when we don't guide them and talk to them and allow them to express their mistakes to us, you know what I mean, and be part of those mistakes, then when it becomes serious in their lives, they don't want to because they can't tell us a basic thing like, listen, I'm tired and I don't want to go to jiu-jitsu or, hey, dad, I broke this thing the other day. Then it comes those times when they're stuck at a party like we've spoken before, you know, and, and yeah. somebody's been drinking and they jump in the car and then it's, you know what I mean, it's all those kind of things or who knows whatever situation they'd rather you know, hide that from us than actually take the safe route. And I think for me, I always want to have that closeness. And although my kids are preteen going to 12 now, I want to have that that relationship and that trust that comes from them knowing they can approach me and that it's not going to be a smackdown, you know what I mean? And that it's going to be maybe consequences, but still not that fear that that I had growing up, you know, and I know that that's what it was. And also not just about that you won't tell your parents stuff. It's just that kind of that feeling of powerlessness. Do you know what I mean? It feels like the kids have no ownership themselves. And I think that's where it comes into nice discussions of, you know, and I do this at school a lot. Like I did it today with the kids. I said to them, I said, guys, just, just remember, like when you make these positive choices for yourself, as far as the healthy diet goes, getting off the cell phone, like going to sleep early. Remember, it's not for me as a teacher and it's not for your parents. And as soon as you can start relating that to yourself, you start to understand that you can start making choices for you. But what happens is that because it's natural for them to start wanting to leave, you know, they want to start separating themselves from authority figures, from mom and dad, and they want to start showing and asserting the independence. If we come contra and start telling them all the good stuff they have to do and start reprimanding them for everything bad they do, what are they going to do? They're not naturally going to try oppose everything we tell them because it's kind of almost a natural. However, if I, th I think if we can somehow get beside them, and I think it's always better to get beside the same thing in marriage and these things, get beside them and walk with them and talk mm -hmm. to them about it and get them to start understand, whoa, like, oh, my future looks like that when I take to A, B, or C. Oh, my health looks like this. And so what I like to do is put consequences on the whiteboard at school. One column, negative consequences of life. 
you know, right, right side, positive consequence of love. And I say, which one do you want? And they go, well, we want those things. And I say, well, the truth is you're going to have to do whatever to get that. And if you don't, there's also consequences. Yeah. And I said, you know, the test at the moment is not the big thing. The grade that you get in school is not the big thing. I said, the big result is these things that are here on the board later on in life, you know, and, and it's interesting because even things that might seem good, like getting good grades, if that becomes too much of an obsession for your kid, that leads them to the things on the left-hand side of the board. You yeah. know, if you end up stressed, anxious, depressed and stuff later on in life, because you just overachieved and your parents pushed you, well, actually that pushed you. And that's the whole nuance. And that's why this thing as a dad and as a parent is so difficult and why I believe that the work that we do and that is being done by men around the world now is so important because it's just such a, if you aren't that guy that is calm and like the Stoics, I love, I read the daily Stoic every morning and, you know, I, I obviously read, you know, meditations and all these kind of things and other books as well, because that's not been like a natural way that I've approached life. You know what I mean? But it's something that I know that I have to work on because if I don't work on those things, there are a lot of consequences that I am not aware of for my children down the line. Yeah. And I would add to that, like something that's been super effective, at least in the short run, my kids are still pretty young is, and I think it was, you said this the other day, I can't remember what, in what forum we said it, maybe it was our last podcast. I can't remember, but like, or maybe on one of our weekly calls about like, I'd much rather be real with my children and not have them be under this delusion that I'm this Superman, that I'm this perfect hero that eventually is going to come down. Like, I'm sure that in many ways, my kids idolize me. They probably think I'm the strongest human being on the planet. And they think I'm this super crazy jujitsu ninja guy. And that's cool. I love that they think that. (laughs) But at the same time, like without crossing the line of making them feel unsafe, like certainly with my son, especially he's a bit older, a bit more mature. Like he and I talk about like at bedtime, some of my fears, some of my concerns, some of the things that I'm working on, you know, and, and like, he's really curious about the work that we do here and, and, with the coaching. And and I just think it's important to share all those real things with him so that, you know, he doesn't, cause I think exactly as you said, like if they have this idyllic picture of their father who is completely unflappable and, and is perfect and never talks about anything, why would they want to buck that trend by sharing something that scares them or something that makes them nervous? Like, I think for in that situation, if we want our children to be open with us, and I think most parents would say that I want my kids to be open and transparent and come to me when they need me. I think you have to, well, I know you have to model that. You have to show them that you're also willing to do that. That's why I talk about like, yeah, I've got a therapist. I have coaches. I have you guys and, and, and our friendships. And I, I just try to model that so that they can see that because it's not realistic to expect them to do something that they never see you doing. And that includes like people always say like work out and let your kids see you. That's important, right? Play sports, let your kids see you so that they learn by that. But I think the same goes for all those things that you want them to do, you know, admitting their mistakes, Mm. apologizing for things, focusing, paying attention, putting the phone down, you know, um, Mm. you have to model that behavior. Mm. It's funny, I was just talking to a father today at the gym from our school and about cell phones, and he was saying, mm, well, but I'm on my phone a lot as well. And I think that that's, that's so much the case. And I think it's just so much with the behavior of our children. I think I think we've got to get real and, and honest with ourselves where the behavior of our children come from. 
You know what I mean? It, it literally is like, and, and this is the thing that's it's quite hard because you can obviously blame your parents as well, but it do, that doesn't help. That's that's pointless. But I think it does help you to also accept certain things and deal with them is number one, you're biologically from your parents. So you know the nature is 100% from your parents, right? And then you've got the nurture, which is your parents. So whether it's nature versus nurture, it's nature and nurture. And so our kids are a result of us a lot of the time. Clearly, they're going to go into the world and pick up different habits and different things, but in the younger years and what forms them. And, and usually it's the younger kids that we're getting angry with that in that way. And, you know, as they get mm-hmm. older, you start getting angry in different ways, or, you know, you start dealing with and having conflicts on a different kind of level, but that frustration that starts coming on a little kids, you know, we got to own it and go, Hey man, that's me. That's me. That well, 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 I'm, I'm arguing with their mom. Okay. Well, hmm, they're arguing with their sister. Well, I'm telling them off. I'm shouting at them. So they're shouting at their sister. And how many times when, our kids are fighting with each other, arguing. We just come down on them like a ton of bricks as though we're this perfect person. And I like relating this also to what you're saying about, you know, we got to role model it as well. And we're also going to show our kids that we're fallible and that we're growing and that we're working on ourselves. But at the same, by the same token, we've got to remember that that's what we're doing. Because if we're, if we as adults are still doing the work and deep work and hard work and are making so many mess, mistakes and messes, Hey man, that five-year-old, that six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way to teen is gonna make 23. They're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna be doing the same things as us. And we somehow forget, we forget ourselves. We forget our past. Yeah. We forget our teenagers. We forget our 20s. We forget all the dumb shit that we've how done. How we are now. Yeah. Yeah. I do shit. Exactly I do how we are now. Routinely, bro. Yeah. But we know, <laughs> but but I mean, look at you and I. I mean, look, we might not be the furthest on the path, but we definitely are somewhere along the path towards oh, yeah. becoming those fathers and those men that we want to be. Yet, how much are we still fucking up? Let's be honest. Like, you yep. know, I know, the guys are doing the work in the group, although we've made a lot of progress, we're there. So, hey, hang on. Before I lose my shit at this kid about something that they probably know way less than I do about, let me just reflect on where I'm at and the work that I'm doing. And if I'm doing work, then my kid's going to do work. And I and and yeah. and 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 also, Joshua, before you, before I hand over to you again, man, like, don't traumatize your kids. Don't give your kids your baggage and more baggage by being that kind of father, by being that kind of parent. We know what's happening in their little brains when we are coming down in the model, losing our shit, and saying, you know, like, yeah. what's wrong with you? And why did you do this? It's easy, man. It's easy just to get stuck in those those habits. Yeah, I mean we always talk about the work that we do here, right. To slay the dragons so that our kids don't have to deal with those same dragons and they're going to have their own, Mm. but you're exactly right. Not only are we slaying our own, don't don't create new ones for them just for giggles. And like, I'm not perfect. Hang on. My dog's just kicking my door open here. Um, (laughs) I'm certainly not perfect in this respect. Um, but I think that's one of the most insidious pieces of that kind of aggression. Cause I don't, I don't mind anger. Anger is just, you know, a thing, but the, the aggression that we show towards our kids, and that's really what it is, right? You're, you're, you're showing aggression when you yell at them and when you lose your, your business on them, that's the insidious thing. Cause if you're doing the work, you realize crap, I'm just pissed at them because of something in my world, mm. but that's where like, and I don't know about you, but like, and it's not perfect, but when I'm, feeling real good when I'm meditating a lot, Mm. when I'm on my game, I'm just a lot less fussed by the stuff that they do. Like their behavior. I think if I'm really honest, rarely deviates all that much. Some days are worse than others and other days are much better than others. But like most times the variable in that equation is me, Mm. not them. 
Because mm. we've talked right. Because it's going to yeah. happen. And, and, and that's the other thing of so stoicism. It's like that negative visualization. Like that helps as well. You know, knowing that you're going to start the day, there's probably going to be some shit happening. When it doesn't happen, cool. But when it does happen, you know, you're like ready for it, you know. And, and I look at, you know, it's it's like what was happening before the podcast. It's like, look, I didn't lose my crap, but I still was a bit more annoyed than I should have been, to be honest, because I had this podcast happening and, you know, my world. And then you're 100% right. That's me. It's me after putting my little kid down, after putting him down, after a long day at school, after my daughter playing soccer, driving around. I came home. I didn't sleep as well as I should have last night. I think I had a coffee too late. And this, these, it's funny, man. It's these little things that you do to yourself that then end up having this little like knock-on effect. And so those are the things that happen. And then hop us and I'm sitting down with you. And my patience is frayed, which means that then instead of just going, hey, Joshua, I'll be back. Go up, deal with it in a much more like kind of unblaming way of like, well, hey, dude, like, man, could you have dealt with it earlier? It's like, well, no, he didn't deal with it earlier. So what's the point of asking him, why didn't you deal yeah, with it earlier? He wasn't thinking, I should sort this out now because my dad has a podcast later. Exactly. And so you, you're you <laughs> so right. Like when I've, and I think that's the message that we can end on is just, we, it's not, the thing isn't the thing again, right? Because like, it's not about actually dealing with our kids pissing us off nope. it's once again about nothing is annoying nothing is irritating and nothing is offensive unless i make it so and so us not doing the work on ourselves and not being intentional and not getting to bed on time and drinking a coffee at the wrong time and not getting a workout and not taking some time alone to just be on your own and not meditating not journaling ends up with you hurting your child hurting the relationship and in effect Let's be honest, you never walk away from that unless you're a total asshole sociopath. You never walk away from those moments and go, well, I really showed him, man, or I really showed her. That was really well done. Good job. You always walk away and you're like, and if you're a good dad, you go back to them and have to go, hey, sorry. Which, which guys, that's the other point. When you screw up, I even apologized to the whole class. The guys I spoke to that guy not so great yesterday. I don't think what he was doing was right, but that didn't make my behavior right. And so that was something that I apologized for. Yeah, it's a tough one. And it is tough. Obviously, you have to be mindful that you're not apologizing for the same things over and over again. Because it, uh, exactly. I mean, that's the conversation I have with my son, right? Like, it, yeah. we're in this kind of stalemate <laughs> of him cleaning his room. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying not to be that militant dad. So it was like, so I, I went away this weekend. I had a big jujitsu camp thing, which was super cool. I just, and honestly, I was so grateful for it. I needed the time. It was eight mm. hours over two days. I needed it. I needed some time away just kind of my own time. It was one of the first times to be honest in a long time that I took a substantial amount of time for myself and didn't feel even remotely bad about it. Like mm. I got, my wife was taking care of things. It was good. It was really cool. Um, but anyway, so as we were going, I was saying, okay, son, I want you to clean your room. Well, I'm in the middle of something. Can I clean it later? I'm like, yep, yeah, but I want it cleaned today. Sure enough. I get back in the evening. His room is not clean. So the next morning I'm like, clean your room. Well, no, dad, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to clean it today. Come back. Not cleaned. Mm. Sorry, dad. I'm like, well, sorry is not cutting it anymore, brother. Because, you know, it's like three times in a row now you're sorry. <laughs> you actually now have to do it. And I'm going to stand here, arms crossed while you clean your room. Mm. So, but that's the same thing for dads is like mm. the, the, the sorry isn't a get out of jail free card. It's an opportunity to reset and then grow. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's a complete reflection of myself. It's funny talking to Traver, uh, one of my mentors. He has a meditation program, and someone was asking, like, what's the biggest feedback from this meditation program that you get? 
And he's like, he doesn't have kids. He's like, honestly, I was kind of surprised. Everyone's feedback was I yell at my kids less. <laughs> the more you meditate, the less you yell at your kids. Yeah. Apparently. So, but I think really the point is, is the more that you're kind of in tune with yourself, the more that you show yourself a bit more grace, the more you're aware of what you're working on and, you know, getting more comfortable with your own flaws and your own path, then you're less likely to rip other people a new one because you've seen in them something about yourself that you hate. Um, And that's the biggest thing is like recognizing what we're working on without judging ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I really think that's the fundamental key because like I get frustrated when they don't pay attention. Why? Because my attention span sucks. Mm -hmm. I get unhappy with them when they eat a pile of junk food after dinner. Why? Cause I want to eat a pile of junk food, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Just, I think it, it, you're never going to make that stuff go away overnight through the path. So the key is to just not, not rag on yourself the whole time and just move mm. forward with a bit of compassion. But it's the art, right? It's an art. It's kind of the thing that I was actually thinking the other night when I wrote to you and I said, um, I messed up, you know, and you were like, no, and I'm like, but I'm not saying that in the, in the sense that I'm down on myself about it. And I think that is a mm-hmm. massive thing here. It's like, wherever you are, whoever's listening, man, wherever you are with your relationship with your kids, you are there and you need to have a reality check with yourself and you need to be honest with where you're at and you need to look at yourself and see how am I relating to my kids. But whatever that is, like Joshua is hundred percent correct. It's not a time to judge yourself and bash yourself down. It's just a starting point. It's a starting point of where you are. It's like, when you aren't haven't worked out for a long time, you've got to look at the scale, look at the mirror, and go, "Hey, like, I need to get on, get on, get working out." But beating yourself up about it's just going to make you eat more and not want to go work out. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing with us. You want to be be hopeful and 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 start to think about the little changes you can make every day. And that's why in you know in the complete dad network that we have, it's just amazing to see. Those little habits, say Joshua, just those little intentional habits, like you mentioned, the the meditation, the journaling, the cutting out alcohol, the cutting out sugar, the getting to bed on time, giving yourself a wake up time. You know what I mean? Like these practical things, and we we keep coming back to it. And maybe it seems that every podcast is the same message, but it really is about becoming the complete man. You know, we you you work on yourself, and you do these things, and you deal with your demons and dragons and stuff. And like Joshua says, like, and then you find out you. You're not you're yelling at your kids less, or you're not yelling at your kids anymore at all because you've got yourself under control. And that's the whole stoic tenant. You know, I read it over and over again. And it just no matter how many times I say it on this podcast and how many times I read it, it's the same impact. It's what is in your control. And it's all internal things. Everything outside of ourselves is out of our control. It's not in our control. And what we try to do is we keep trying to, with our anger and with our emotions. We just keep trying to control those things and bring that thing into a ball of control. And it's just never going to keep on pushing and it's pressure instead of actually letting go of that and realizing, man, if I work on myself and even that's hard to control, right? I mean, that's hard enough to control even ourselves. How are we going to control the outside and other people who are outside of ourselves? So, but definitely focusing inward a little bit more and and doing that work then leads you to suddenly dealing with people in a much more mature and helpful and effective way, man. Well, and that's what I was going to say. So to people listening, right? Like if this resonates, like if you are having, like all we are as human beings in relation and contact with other human beings and other situations, that's all we are. But so like, if we find, if you find yourself short at your kids, yelling at your kids, frustrated with your kids, overwhelmed by your kids, frustrated with your wife, yelling at your wife, angry coworkers, all this stuff, like those are just the symptoms of Mm. something not right in your heart, in your gut. 
right? So like if you find yourself taking a run at people or always in conflict or always frustrated and angry, I mean, the answer is you. Like my wife and I had that this weekend. We were just overwhelmed. And it was like, we have to just keep reminding ourselves it's not them. This is on us. So if you have that, like with your spouse, with your kids, with whatever, you got to come and talk to us because this is what we're trying to work on. This is, mm. that's the, the, the symptom that we want to address, but the actual underlying cause is, is much deeper than that. And that's why we're here. Um, you know, and, and you could call it like our mission is to get dads to stop yelling at their kids because <laughs> that means that there's something good going on, but that's essentially what we're working on here. And I think that's a beautiful byproduct, but it's like the canary in the coal mine. Right. If you find yourself really getting snippy with people, really getting frustrated and agitated with the people around you or the situations around you, something's seriously out of kilter inside with you, with your emotions, with with all of that stuff. And that's the path, right? That we're on. Um it's a it's a beautiful byproduct. All of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm not kind of so cranky anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting along with my wife. Holy cow, imagine that. Holy cow, I don't hate all my coworkers. Imagine that. It's <laughs> never about them. It's never about them. No, nah, it's not. And I mean, even on the flip side, it's also maybe not even about anger. Maybe you, maybe there's like this sense of lifelessness in your, in your marriage and your, in your home. And, you know, there's a sense of depression and stuff. It's the same kind of thing. They're just different symptoms showing the same kind of trauma and those things that we've done. So, you know, although we do a lot on the external, get, get a physically, get physically fit, like obviously train our brains, read, get knowledgeable, the heart's where it's at, man, and it's, and it's just understanding that we've all got these things that have happened to us as children. Now, we talk about our children and how we treat our children, but if we look back to when we were kids, and a lot of us don't. A lot of us men just kind of ignore that and put it in a drawer and like, okay, now nah, it was cool. I got smacked. Oh, it makes me a man. I'm tough. I didn't cry. Start unlocking that box and start realizing that all our actions of these days are basically based on past disappointments and past hurts and pain, you know, and it is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good, but man, does it feel good when you start to really deal with that? And we talked in the group a little while ago about, man, just like, you know, being able to let go of those emotions and face those things that we've been going through for years and and deal with those things finally and not let those things just keep on. Because like you're right, I think that you hit the nail on the head there. You know, as I was talking or, and you were talking, I was like, it sounds like I'm talking about controlling myself, you know, having control, but it's actually the control means actually digging deep to those root issues. That's the roots and the roots go freaking deep in all of us. It's, you know, you when you're 44, 45 or whatever your age is, those roots need to be dealt with, man, because they're just going to keep on growing new trees and new leaves the whole time. And, and then you're going to keep dealing with those symptoms, right? Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I've struggled with control issues my whole life, but it's like, why? I only need to control something or feel the need to control something that is otherwise out of control, mm. right? So behaviors, addictions, all of those things that my emotions that need to be controlled, it's because I've allowed them to to run rampant. And I think when you find you do the work and you get comfortable with who you are and your true self starts to really come through and you do start to see the beauty in the world and you start to actually Mm. realize that we are just beings in relationship and having powerful relationships and Mm. having a lot more love and grace with yourself. As those things start to settle down, the emotions and the turmoil, you stop thinking about control because now these are no longer out of control. And I don't mean that they're 
fully controlled, but they're just kind of flowing. They're just doing their thing. They're just a now a beautiful part of who you are. And I feel a lot less compelled to try to control everything because I have more trust in myself. I have more faith that I'm going to show up more often than not in the right mm-hmm. way. And so it, it's ironically, the more you do the work, you don't control more. You mm. realize you don't have to control it because the thing that is now there, that is you, is not out of control, is not chaos. It's now just serving a purpose and on your mission. And life gets a lot easier when you're not trying to hang on to everything all mm. the time and, yeah. and constantly worrying about losing control. Um, <laughs> that's scary, right? Mm. And it's, yeah. it's, I know it's probably semantics. I don't think it's about control. It's not about gaining control. It's about being less out of control. Um, mm. If that makes sense. It does. But as, as you get closer to that best version of yourself that we've been talking about and that person that can let go of control, you know, it's, it's quite interesting how you start to recognize what's really important in life and what brings you life. And you start realizing that a lot of things we try control and chase are not bringing us actually contentment in life. And as you move away, you, you care less about those things. Do you know what I mean? Those things that a lot of us have been chasing our whole adult lives and maybe even started in our school days chasing, you know, you start to recognize the insignificance of that. And you start to recognize the significance in these four walls, you know, and the significance of that relationship with your wife as so important. I think that that's what a lot of guys in the group have really come to recognize as well. And then not only that you recognize that they're important, that when you start to sow into those things, you start to realize how much more full your heart becomes and how much more you can appreciate the little things in life and how much more beautiful every day becomes and sitting alone somewhere, just looking at a tree or leaves, you know, it just becomes this magical moment. And there are times when I just take that breath and I'm just like, and I think of my family, I think of my life and I'm like, man, I have enough, man. I've got enough. And I think that that's, that's the beautiful moment because when you have enough, you don't feel the need to control and to gain and to make things happen your way. And although it's not perfect and I'm still finding myself trying to control things way too much, it's a great way to end this podcast, not just for those guys listening, but for me heading into tomorrow at school and, and into everything is just to let go a little bit, man. Stop holding on so tight to things. Rather just let it go and then have an ease with the life. I've always thought about that. I've been always like, stay cool, you know, from true yeah. romance. That's that's that one message she wrote, Christian Slater. I don't know if you watched that, but he just wrote, stay cool. And I'm just like, that like water, like Bruce Lee talks about it. It's just mm-hmm. like, that's how you want to go through life. You want to walk through life like that. You don't want to walk through life stiff and rigid and tense, you know, around our kids as well. You want to just, and 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 it is, it sounds like a pipe dream, but I do believe that there are men that have achieved that. And I believe that it's waiting for all of us. If we deal with our, our demons. I think it's elusively right in front of our face as someone who has walked through most of my life out of relationship, out of relationship with myself, out of relationship with nature, out of relationship with people around me. Of course you're grasping for stuff to make you feel important, to help fill what you don't even realize you're missing. Exactly. And then when you step into connecting with nature when you step into connecting with yourself connecting with your children connecting with your wife on a level that i never even realized was possible with another human being you're right all that other shit 
just drifts away into the ether because it's just you don't need it anymore. When we go back to what we talked about last week, right? Um, you can never have enough of something that you don't need. I was just about to say that as well. I need, we need relationship. We need connection with ourselves, with the world around us, and with people in our lives that matter. Beyond that, I don't need a damn thing. And that's a pretty cool place to be. Awesome, Joshua. Well, let's let's call it a night there, man. Great stuff. Thanks for My listening, brother, guys. Always fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, check us out on Instagram at The Complete Dad. There's a couple of cool videos that you can check out that we've been uh, putting up there. Um, getting the Facebook uh, page up and running a bit and the uh, Complete Dad Network where we're doing all this work. Come and uh, sign up there for us and get into these conversations, man. It's life-changing. And share this podcast. If there's anyone that you think mm. could hear it, any other dads, I mean, this can be the icebreaker to have those cool conversations with the guys around you that maybe you haven't evolved your conversations beyond sports and the man um yeah i'd love for you to share this with with just one other person to help us not just spread the word but i think the more people we can connect with the more powerful connections we create the more powerful conversations we have we've got a lot more men really mm. showing up in their homes in a way that i think is is noteworthy so please share this with anyone that you think would benefit or, or share our instagram profile that would mean a lot to us Mm. And, and at the risk of so, sounding dramatic, you, you don't know when you're saving lives. And I don't just mean saving physical lives because that is happening as well. You know, if you don't do that yeah. work, I mean, the statistics are on the rise all the time. Just terrible. But also just saving a life and, and saving men from that life of quiet desperation. There are millions and billions of guys living those kind of lives. And the more we just spread this, this kind of thing out there and get guys to start talking, get guys to start talking. It sounds crazy, but it's just one thing that we need and so yeah share this podcast and uh, come and join us until next time ciao